Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. We are here to worship. We are here to remember and be reminded of what this season is all about. And we're so glad that you could be here on Christmas Eve. So let me be the first to say Merry Christmas. I don't know if you, do you say Merry Christmas Eve if you don't, do you? Merry Christmas. And uh, welcome to our service. If you're visiting with us, thank you for joining us. And please, before you leave, uh, please stop by our guest table in the lobby. We have a guest bag there that you're free to pick up. Uh, some information about our church, especially if you're seeking a church home. Uh, we would love to uh, serve you as best we can and answer any questions that you have. So please do that before you leave and scan the QR code in your bulletin. And you can fill out a simple guest form there so we can know who you are. Who you are. But um, just a couple quick announcements, just a reminder that uh, due to the Christmas season here, we will not have Wednesday evening activities this Wednesday. And again, next Sunday morning, we will not have Sunday school, but have our morning worship service at 1030 like we are today. And I think it's just a reminder, these are like the, about the only two Sundays, sometimes it's just one Sunday, that we don't have Sunday school. And I just encourage you uh, sometime, make sure you thank your Sunday school teacher for the work that they do week in and week out, the sacrifice that they make makes such a difference in the life of our church, and we are grateful 
for all those who teach. But right now, we're going to ask everyone to stand. And again, like last week, you don't have to shake hands. We don't know what you may have or what you had. Uh, you can bump elbows, bump fists, but welcome one another to the service as we prepare to worship. come to this time of prayer, I would like to ask, can I ask Doug Roney, one of our deacons, if he'll come up here, he's going to lead us in this prayer time. Uh, there's several names in your bulletin, of course, that we need to continually remember in prayer. We've had uh, several of our family members here at the church that, who have had uh, deaths and things like that, so remember them, but also remember my, um, uh, my, my uncle passed away this past week, uh, David Tigg. I don't know, you may or may not know him, but he uh, probably was like a dad to me from the time I was 10 to about 20. And the uh, first vacation ever went on in my life was with, with the Tiggs. And so if you will remember them in prayer, I'll be uh, preaching his funeral Thursday. Love that family a lot. So remember Nancy and Bradley in prayer. 
uh, if you will. And I know that you have many things you want to pray about this morning as well. So if you will meet me here at the altar as an as a individual or as a family, uh, let's uh, lift these things up to the Lord in prayer uh, as we get this service started this morning. As the praise team leads us in this song, you, you, you come. take a second before we do pray just to say thank you uh, the power of prayer uh, what uh, from the Brock family uh, to my family uh, the last two months uh, the last month of recovery uh, the messages uh, the text uh, the cards the food but more especially the prayers uh, and we may have an opportunity one of these days to share with you how we felt the Holy Spirit in the prayers while we were in the hospital and I know Cindy Lou's family can do the same so Never take for granted this time and the time that you can pray for others within our church and our church family. I do want to read real quickly Luke 2, verse number 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we love you. Father, we come to you this day just to celebrate the Christmas season. Some 2,000 years ago, you sent our Savior. Lord, it's the easiest thing in the world to accept you. Lord, just say yes. Lord, our prayer is here today, if there's anyone that doesn't know you as their Lord and personal Savior, that before they leave this building today, that they make that decision before it's eternally too late. Lord, we thank you for our church. Lord, we pray for those that are in the hospital, Lord, that can't be uh, with families today. We pray for the hospital workers, the doctors, our, our first responders, our police force that's out working. Lord, keeping us safe, we lift them up to you. Lord, just uh, again, we thank you for this church. We lift Pastor Jamie and the staff up to you, Lord, uh, as they lead and direct us and bring the message, Lord. And again, we just thank you for this church and what it stands for in this community, what it does for this community, and how you continue to bless us and love us, Lord. Again, just thank you for the Christmas season, Lord, and what it means to all of us, Lord. And all these things we ask in your most gracious and heavenly name. Amen. song 
Thank you so very much. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verse 11 together, if you'll stand with me. Appreciate uh, Doug reading this passage during our prayer time, and thank you for your prayer, my brother. I'll start in verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So this morning we're going to talk about Christ the Lord. Just two, two points, so we'll get done a little bit early. All right. So we're going to talk about Christ and the Lord and how important that is. So when this angel goes to these shepherds, this angel is telling the shepherds that from a historical perspective, the Messiah, which is Christ, that was prophesied 2,000 years earlier, 700 years earlier, 500 years earlier, has arrived. And also, not only is the Messiah a, a, a great prophet, priest, and king, but he's also the Lord, which is so amazing. Father, as we come to you in prayer, we want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Father, thank you that you love us. Lord, you know the best and worst about us, and you still love us. We thank you for that. Father, I'm also reminded that, that there's another word in this verse, which is Savior. And Lord, you alone can save. And Father, my prayer is that if there's anyone here today who has never placed their faith and trust in you, that today would be their day of salvation. Why would anybody reject Christ? I just don't understand. I did for years. Thank you for the hope that I have that is real. Thank you for eternal life. Father, thank you for forgiveness. Lord, it's amazing to me that we may be here on this planet and people would not forgive what we do, but you do. Even David said, Lord, you, you forgive my secret faults. Father, no one can do that. As a high priest, you can do that. So we thank you for it. Father, thank you for this season. Lord, it's, it's, it's just a blessing. Christmas is such a wonderful time, especially here in America, for how you bless us. And I pray that we'd never overlook the fact that how blessed we are. Help us, Lord, to be givers. Help us to be kind. Help us to love our neighbor. Help us to put you first and help us to share and be generous, Father. And I pray that you'd bless this service for your honor and for your glory. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do, Father. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people said together, amen. Well, the first point, if you'll notice on the screen, I'm just going to show one verse, one PowerPoint slide. I, I, was, I was looking up um, the most expensive Christmas tree. And it's in... Uh, Abu Dhabi, I believe it is, and it's, it's between $7 million and $11 million, right? And, and the reason that is is because of how they decorate the tree. I think the tree itself is about $3,000, okay? It's how they decorate the tree with gold ornaments, watches, all these different things. But what's ironic about that is, is that in Abu Dhabi, if I was a Muslim and converted to Christianity, I could be put in prison. So isn't it amazing how you can have the trappings of Christmas, but really not know what it's all about. This angel goes to shepherds and says, a baby has been born who is Christ the Lord. That's an amazing statement. If that's true, if that is true, now listen, I was a good student in school. I made the dean's list in college. And, and I thought to myself, if that is true, that changes everything for me. If that is true, if he's Christ the Lord, that's a game changer. 
Nobody else can be Christ the Lord. Nobody else can. For a Jewish person, when you see the word Christ, that means the Messiah, the prophet, is here. They didn't understand who he was, but he's here. And then the Lord, now now listen, the Lord. That means he is sovereign over all things. He is sovereign over all things. What a tremendous statement. Michael, if you, if you can get the verse up there, if I give it to you. Yeah. For there is born to you this day, to you, look, to you. Now, the angel's talking to shepherds, the lowest of the low. Now, I was a tow boy my first job out of high school. That's, the low, that's as low as you can get. There's tow boy, shepherd. <laughs> so I was a tow boy. Then you have shepherds, right? And the angel comes and says, there is born to you, shepherds. To you. There is born to you a baby, a person, a historical person, a person in history, a historical fact. If it's not a historical fact, let's quit what we're doing, right? I mean, we have, we have, we have intellect, right? The angel is saying, this day a, a person is born, this is not a fairy tale, in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Look at the word Christ. What that means is this in the Old Testament. The Old Testament said there was going to come a Messiah who would fulfill three, three offices. And that word Christ means you've been, you've been anointed for a task. Prophet, priest, and king. So what, what, what the angels telling these shepherds is, is that the, the Christ is coming and he's the king. And if he's the king, he has a kingdom. Jesus would say this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He is the king. The book of Revelation says this. I love how the book of Revelation puts it. It says, these will wage war against the lamb, talking about Jesus, and the lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And those who are with him are called the chosen and faithful. A king. I have a king. I didn't have a king until October 30th, 1990. Then when I surrendered my life to Jesus, I got a king. He's the king of my life. I've not been the best subject (laughs) and servant, but he's the king. He is the king. He has authority. He has a kingdom. I'm part of a kingdom. He is a king. In, In Revelation 19, 16, this will happen. It says, and on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the king. That's what that word means. That's what the angels told the shepherd. He's a king. As a matter of fact, when they came and talked to John's mom, it says, the angel says this, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Jesus is the king. God tells David back in 2 Samuel 7, he says, David, through your line a king will arise and his kingdom will never end and then David says, who am I and who, who is my family that you've chosen us? David was a flawed man, and God still used him. The Bible says this in Isaiah, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. On the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with justice from that time forever. Daniel says this, and in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. 
And that kingdom will not be left for other, another people. It will crush and put an end to all the kingdoms, but it itself will endure forever. Micah 5.2 says, But for you, Bethlehem, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth to me to be a ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Zephaniah says this, Shout for joy, O daughter, Zion. Shout and triumph, O Israel. Rejoice and exalt in your and with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away his judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You will fear disaster no more. When the wise men came to Jerusalem, they said, Where is the one who has been born the King of the Jews? When John the Baptist started preaching, he said this, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus Christ, when he started preaching, he says, The kingdom of God has come upon you. So Jesus fulfills the office of a king. He also fulfills the office of a priest. The Bible says this in Hebrews 3.1, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Timothy says this, Paul tells Timothy, For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There is no access to God apart from Jesus, for nobody. No one can access God apart from Jesus. Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There's no access apart from Jesus. Absolutely none. I was born again on a Tuesday night. I went home that night, and for the first time in my life, I prayed to God the Father and had access to his presence through Jesus. The first time. All the other prayers before, like before I'd take a test, Lord, I didn't study, I didn't listen, didn't take notes. Will you help me pass this test? And I would come through with a 65, just blaze through with a 65, right? He didn't answer that prayer. He's like, study better, right? But after I got saved, you know what? I prayed for people to be healed, and sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. I mean, have we not seen miraculous things in this church? <laughs> is, it not, is it not amazing, the things that have happened in this church? I mean, it's amazing. Why? Because we have access to God the Father through Jesus. Before, before the Lord saved me, I had no access. None. Prayed for all the wrong things. Prayed to get out of trouble. You know, Lord, help me. You know, then you get saved. Then you start praying for people to be saved. Then you start praying for people to be healed. Then you start praying for people to be encouraged, Right? Lord, encourage them. Have you ever prayed that for somebody? Lord, I pray that you would encourage their spirit. You know, it's amazing how many people struggle with emotional problems. As you get older, they get worse, don't they? You pray, Lord, will you encourage their spirit, Lord? Do something for them that even, and I'm all for medication, all for it. That medication can't heal. Because medication only takes you so far, right? Lord, you know why you can do that? Because he is Christ, the Lord. And I'll say this too. Only Jesus Christ can forgive sins, which means this. right? Let's say Jeff sins against me or I sin against Jeff. I've known Jeff for a long time. He wouldn't do it and I wouldn't do it, I hope. Okay, if he forgives me, that's a good thing. But what if he doesn't? In the long run, as long as Jesus does, that's what matters. Only Jesus can forgive your sins. You don't have to confess your sins to me. You don't have to. Anybody else, confess them to Jesus. 
He alone can forgive sins because he is Christ. Christ. He's king. He's priest. He's also, the Bible says, anointed and the office of a prophet. The Bible says this in Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, talking about the Old Testament, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Which basically what the writer of Hebrews is saying is you've got the Bible, you're not getting anything else. Book of Mormon's wrong, Koran's wrong, the Jehovah's Witnesses, whatever they do to their, their Bible is wrong. It's all wrong. Jesus spoke and he's not speaking again. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. He is the prophet. He has spoken. If you want to hear God speak, read his word. Don't look for signs. Don't, don't, don't do this through the Bible and open up a verse and just read it and just randomly hoping God's going to give you some kind of magic. It's not. God has a book. Read it. He is a prophet. He is Christ the Lord. He is Christ. He is King of Kings. He's a priest. And he's also the prophet. Moses said this. Who is the greatest Old Testament prophet. He said, there's going to come a prophet one day who's going to be greater than I am and he's going to have a kingdom. Look for him. And from that time on, the Jewish people look for this prophet. An angel tells some shepherds today, he's been born, and he's the Christ. And they would understand this, even the shepherds. Oh, so you're telling me the king is here, the priest is here, and the prophet is here. And the angel would say, that's exactly what I'm telling you. And he's a little baby, laying in a manger. Christ the Lord, and all the earth rejoiced because he's Christ. Is he your Christ today? Have you placed your faith and trust in the king, priest, and prophet? I'm going to tell you, one day you're going to want a king. We all need a priest, right? Let me ask you this question. When, when, when the Bible says Jesus is a priest, this is what it means, that you can tell him absolutely everything about you. And I've shared this with you before. Who in, who in your life can you share the worst about you with and you know they're going to keep a secret? How many people? Probably zero? Maybe one? You can tell it all to Jesus. He's a priest. You can tell it all to him even right now while I'm preaching. You can. And Jesus Christ it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, which are two legal terms, to forgive which is a legal term, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's amazing. So these shepherds understood that they had a king, they had a priest, and they had a prophet. Let's listen to what he has to say. And then the Bible says, that the angel says this, that he is not only a prophet, priest, and king, but he's also the Lord. This conveys, listen to this, conveys the sense of a supreme one, one who is sovereign and possesses absolute authority, absolute ownership and uncontested power only God does that only God can do that listen to what Jesus says in John 14 8 Philip said Lord show us the father and it is enough for us if you just show us the father this is what Jesus said I'll show you the father he says have I been with you so long that you've not yet known me Philip he who has seen me has seen the father that's blasphemy unless you can Say it. Unless you're the Lord, that's blasphemy. As a matter of fact, the Jewish people 
the, the reason Jesus was crucified is because he said he was the Lord. King of kings is, is, is what was laid upon him. Matthew 28, Jesus says this, And Jesus came to his disciples after he rose from the dead and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. See, Jesus not only claimed his lordship, but he demonstrated it throughout his earthly ministry. His miracles proved that he was the son of Christ, or the son of God and the Christ. They also made evident his lordship over things. Think about nature. The Bible says in Mark 4 that when the disciples were out on the, on the Sea of Galilee, it says a storm arose. It says, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said, teacher... Do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea. Peace, be still, he said. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. He stopped the weather. He's sovereign over nature. He's sovereign over the waves. This was more than a life-saving miracle, one person said. He said it showed that Jesus was the master of the winds and the waves. Even the laws of physics obey him. You cannot break the laws of physics. They're, they're absolute throughout all the universe. If they're, that's why I tell you there's no, no life on another planet. It has to be like ours because the laws of physics will not allow it. That's why aliens can't be real. They just can't be because the laws of physics do not allow it. But Jesus broke the laws of physics. The only uh, entities that can break the laws of physics are angels, demons, and the Lord. Try it. If I jump off the stage, I'm going where? Up or down? I'm going down. The laws of physics will not allow me to jump up. It just won't. Okay? Jesus broke the laws of physics. That's a miracle. He said, stop. And it stopped. Wouldn't that be amazing? And what he did, and, and one of the disciples looked up and said this. What manner of man is this? Which, which in, in the Greek means this. He's not like us. He's different. What manner of man is this who can say stop and it stops never happened before will never happen again I've tried it I want to play golf and said Lord stop the rain and it just rained harder you know didn't, didn't help me at all it got God kept me from shooting a, shooting a 90 all right think about this not only that but it says this he, he was sovereign over the animal kingdom Simon said this to Jesus master we've tooled all night and caught nothing Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let the net down. Jesus said, throw your net in the water. And you know what happened? The water started bubbling. The fish started to churn, and they all went into Peter's net. Why? Because Jesus Christ is Lord over nature and the laws of physics. Matthew 17, 27 says, Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, take the fish that comes up first, and when you have opened its mouth, you'll find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. That's how he paid his taxes. Now, I've tried that, okay, and it didn't work, all right? It did not work. Jesus demonstrated his lordship over the powers of hell. You remember when he went across the sea, he goes to the Gadarenes, and there's a man running around naked, right? Don't be around guys running around naked, okay? He's running around naked, breaking chains, screaming and yelling. The Bible says that so many people tried to uh, bind this man up that they couldn't because he had supernatural power. And Jesus comes up and he says, Lord, what do we have to do with you? Why are you here? They said, Lord. And Jesus sent the demons out of this man into pigs. 
And the Bible says for the first time that man sat clothed in his right mind. Why? Because Jesus Christ has power over the realm of darkness. Jesus said that his church would prevail against the gates of hell. The gates of hell will not prevail against his church because he has power over that realm. He has power over hell. He has power over all things. Not only that, but Peter says this. He says, when Peter was preaching, now you got to understand, Peter is a Jew who placed his faith in the Old Testament law. God saves him. Jesus raises from the dead, goes to him, says, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. He did that three times. And Peter started preaching all over Jerusalem. He preached on Pentecost where 3,000 people were saved that day and baptized publicly, which is unheard of. It's never happened before, never happened again. And then Peter says this, there is salvation, there's not salvation in any other. For, for there is no other name under heaven given by which men must be saved. That means that Jesus Christ alone has the power and the authority to save. It is by his authority that our sins are forgiven. It's a legal declaration in heaven when you're saved. Isn't that amazing? That, that when, you're, when you're saved, that God is, it, it, everything's legal. It's a legal declaration in heaven that Jamie Steele was saved on October 30th, 1990. It's written down, I don't care how good or bad I live, I can't change it. I'm not going to change. Doesn't matter how good or bad I do, that is not going to change. I cannot keep my salvation. I can't save me. When you're saved, God writes it down. He, he forgives your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. He has the authority and the legal right to do that because he is Christ the Lord. Friends, why would you look anywhere else? Why would you look anywhere else? Are you going to trust in yourself on that great day? Because the day of judgment will come. We're all headed to court, people. We're all headed to court. And Jesus Christ can be your advocate, your lawyer. Because he is Christ the Lord. One, one pastor put it this way. Notice that he told the paralytic, the son of man, had power to forget, on earth to forgive sins. Sins meaning that as Jesus walked about this earth during his ministry, he forgave sins of various kinds. Even when he died on the cross, he looked over at the thief on the cross and promised him eternity in paradise. Listen, when you repent, Jesus forgives sins. Acts 22, 16 says, Now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord because he has the authority to do that. John MacArthur said, Do you not know that in Scripture Jesus is called Savior at least 15 times? He's called Christ more than 500 times, but he is referred to as Lord more than 600 times. Do you see where God is placing his emphasis that he is the Son of God, he is the Christ of God, that he is Lord? Jesus said this in Luke 6, 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? And then in Matthew 7, Jesus says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. It's more than simply saying he's Lord. It's more than acknowledging that he's the Lord of the universe. The question is, is he Lord of your life? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? And I'll say this, there's not one drop of saving grace outside of Jesus. 
If you confess your sin today, if you, if, if you humble yourself beneath his mighty right hand, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Think about that for a moment. He's a savior. The word savior there means that Jesus Christ had to become a man and die as a man in your place. God made him, Christ the Lord, who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of Christ. Which means one day when you stand before God, it's not going to be how much Bible you knew, how much service you gave, how much money you gave, how good or bad you were. Are you clothed in the righteousness of Christ? That's why we're all on level ground as Christians. I go to heaven because of Jesus, not because of me. I'd never make it. <laughs> this wouldn't make it. So if you placed your faith and trust in Jesus, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I pray that you've been saved today. I'm going to ask you to stand with me with every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. As we close this service. With every head bowed and every eye closed, do you need a king this morning? Jesus Christ is the king of your life. Surrender your will to his will. Do you need a priest this morning? Confess your sins to him and him alone. Do you need a word from God? He's the prophet. And confess him as Lord, the sovereign of all. Father, as we come to you in prayer, we want to thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for this time of year. Thank you for where we live. Lord, we've been blessed so much. Father, if there's anyone here today who has never placed their faith and trust in you, I pray that today, today, Lord, that they would be saved. Father, there are people here today who probably need you as a high priest in their life. Lord, I'm so thankful that you hear us when we pray, that you forgive us when we fail. Father, thank you for the, being a prophet, Lord, to speaking into our life and giving us your word. Thank you, Lord, that we have a king. Lord, we belong. We're children of a king. And Father, thank you that you're Lord, that you're sovereign over all things. Father, I'm reminded that it's appointed unto men once to die and then the judgment. And Lord, I pray that there's no one here today who would go into eternity without you as their savior. So Father, this invitation is your time. These are your people. I pray that you'd be honored and glorified through all that's said and done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As Sharon leads us in a song, you respond as the Lord leads you this morning. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye, you everyone has a great uh, holiday season. Merry Christmas. God bless you. And I hope you get everything you asked, uh, asked the Lord for this year. Thank you. God bless you. And you're dismissed. <laughs>